You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you so much for coming to More Than a Season podcast. This episode is a special one. I have a great friend to introduce to you, Brie Peterson. Hey, guys. This is Brie Peterson. My husband is Jace Peterson, and he currently plays for the Milwaukee Brewers. And we have two daughters, Marley and Maya, and then we have a bulldog. His name is Chevy. And obviously this year has been crazy for baseball, so we are not with him. We are in Louisiana, which is our home base. Jace is originally from Louisiana, so his whole family's here, um, and that's pretty much why we live here. And then um, my family is from Colorado. I was born and raised in Colorado. So I am now a Southern girl, I guess you could say. I've lived down here now for five years. No, it's been six years now. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. So how did you guys meet Colorado and Louisiana? Yes, oh my goodness, I know, it's so crazy. God works in crazy ways. I played soccer growing up and I had a full ride scholarship to the University of Oregon. So I went to summer school to get ready for soccer season in Oregon in 2011. And that was the year that Jace was drafted out of McNeese State, which is here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And so he got drafted by the San Diego Padres and he started his rookie season in Eugene, Oregon, which was where I was. So we met over the summer and we started dating right when baseball season ended pretty much. So we started dating in September, 2011 and the rest is history. Yeah, I just am thinking about like, what a small world that you guys would just meet in this place that's not even both of your hometowns, which is very strange to think about. So your first season ever, since you did meet and start dating at the end of baseball, were you kind of warned about the schedule? And was he telling you like, hey, I'm going to be gone, like I could be going somewhere else anytime soon? Yeah, no. No, that that information was not prefaced at all. But I guess for Jace and I's situation, it kind of worked out really well because like I said, we started dating right in September, 2011. And so I was full blown in soccer. You know, I had commitments. I was on a scholarship getting my degree. So like, I couldn't just like jump ship and be like, I'm going to go with you full time for baseball. So those like first four years of our relationship was really a good learning from the outside. Like I didn't have to be with him to see like, oh, okay, you you travel a lot, you do a lot of this because I personally was doing that too. Like I was full-blown soccer and any college athlete athlete knows you have school to deal with, you have travel, you have all of these things. So I got to kind of see Jace have to deal with coming up through the minor leagues. It ended up working out perfect timing that I actually because I had done summer school every summer I graduated early. So I graduated a year early. And so I graduated in 2014. And 
that was the year that he actually got called up to the big leagues. So he was in double A and then got called up straight to the big leagues. And then it ended up, like I said, it ended up working out perfectly that I ended up learning how baseball season kind of worked out without having to physically be there and like really go through those hardships. And then as soon as he got called up, he finished that 2014 season with the Padres and then during the off season got traded to the Braves. So I moved from Eugene, Oregon, which is like <laughs> complete opposite of the South. I moved to Lake Charles, Louisiana in December, 2014. And we had a house here. Jason had already had a house. So, you know, I moved in with him and his roommates. Don't recommend that either. You know, I guess just a season that you have to go through, but whew, man, boys are dirty. And so then in 2015, like I said, that's when I started full-blown traveling with him and everything. Purposefully, I hadn't lined up any jobs or anything like that. I have an advertising degree, so I can do a lot of freelance stuff, which ended up working out really good. So I traveled straight with him as soon as uh, spring training started in 2015 for the Braves. So we were in Orlando. But I do have to say that first year, I think for me was toughest because like I said, Jace had been like traveling and stuff. I got to learn what it was like baseball schedule, but I never like fully experienced it for myself. So then when I went with him in 2015, it was a little tough, but I think it was tough because I was also like cold turkey done with soccer. I had this one thing that like I was focused on me, me, me for so long. And then it kind of got switched over like, okay, now I'm in a supporting role, you know, being there for him. So that was a transition, which, you know, took pretty much all of the 2015 season, but baseball schedule is, is wild, but I guess kind of being in sports, it was a fine transition. Like I'm used to kind of crazy stuff like that anyway. So, so I want to, I want to back it up a little bit because you said three boy roommates and I am just thinking like, how in the world, <laughs> how in the world did you function? And that is just so crazy to me because when you make that first cross country move, you're like, okay, we get to be together. This is our own space, new chapter. So I want to hear, was there any like crazy stories where you're like, what is happening in this roommate situation? There's something about Jace that is just attracts good people. I don't know what it is, but it's great. It honestly is amazing. So his roommates were his best friend. We call him Cricket, and Cricket had a girlfriend who he's now married to, and so we hit it off great. So long story short, the roommate situation, I'm just going to get to the point, the roommate situation was fantastic. Boys are still dirty, but they were fantastic. Jace's other roommate was his cousin who, like I said, he just picks good people. Like he's just like always surrounded by good people. So honestly, it was fine. We moved in and it was so nice because again, when you move to the South, it's a culture shock. Like it is just different, obviously different from Colorado and very different from Oregon. But the one thing I do have to say about people down here, especially if they're friends, cousins, family, whatever, like they just take care of you. You know, they're just like, Hey, welcome. You know, it was no weird tension, nothing like that. I mean, obviously like cleaning up dishes and like laundry and bathrooms, like, you know, all the roommate stuff, like nobody likes to do that stuff. I didn't like to do that stuff, even with my girl roommates in Oregon, but um, no, they were all super, super fantastic. 
And like I said, it was kind of not, it honestly was kind of nice for me because when you make that cross country move, like I didn't have any friends down here. Like Jace is my only, the only person I know. And then he's introducing me to his family, which if you know anything about Louisiana, like everybody's family, everybody's related. So I'm meeting all the people and I'm like, wait, is that your cousin or your second cousin? I don't know. It was, it was a really, I say boys are dirty, but it was a good situation because I did get to meet people right off the bat who are still our best friends. Obviously they take care of us. I don't know if you guys know, we just got hit with Hurricane Laura really bad. (laughs) Our roof was like blown to shambles and Cricket is on top of our roof, fixing our roof for us because I had evacuated with the girls. Jace is obviously playing baseball. He has his family, everything, but still that's long story short. The friends down here are amazing and they are tried and true. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I'm from California and we just moved to Mississippi So I feel you on the Southern hospitality, but it's definitely a culture shock. Like it's different. You don't expect people to be nice. You're like, what's your intention behind doing this? Yes, exactly. Which is so sad. Like I hate that humanity has come to that. It's like if somebody is nice to you, you're like, why are you being nice? You know, it's so strange. But I'll tell you what, you come down to Lake Charles and people are just nice. You know what? Friends will just go patch your roof. For you if you need it. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I do want to talk about the hurricane because I know that you have like initiated some like relief programs and stuff like that. You're very big on the relief. And I want to talk about how that was for you. I've never been through a hurricane, but I'm super interested to hear like the evacuation process, being away from your husband and all of that. Okay. So first I'll hit on the being away from husband because that also just kind of relates to this season, this baseball season and just how crazy that is. So we've been away from Jace since June. I think he went back June 30th and we have not seen him. We did not go up to Milwaukee with him because he was originally at the alternate site and I didn't want to move up there with two babies and a dog and then have to move again because we had hoped obviously he would get called up at some point during the year. So being away from my husband, like I can deal with that. It's tough. It's so tough, but I can deal with it. Again, I think Jace and I long distance dating for the three years that I was in college, four years, whatever, really prepared us for that part of baseball season because baseball season, once baseball season hits, like you're not going to see your husband as much. You're not going to see him every day. You know what I mean? It's not a normal job. He's not going to come home at, you know, six o'clock for dinner. So I think that kind of prepared us for being away from my husband. So being away from him, I'm okay with being away from him during a hurricane. Oh my gosh. Like the anxiety level was through the roof. So at first it was like a category two, right? And then it quickly changed within like a matter of 12 hours to a category three. And people are like, yeah, you should probably leave. And I'm like, whoa, okay you know, I hear on the news, like, oh, you pack your pictures and your passports and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I can't do that right now. I have a baby and a four-year-old. Like, I literally can't even go to the bathroom by myself. You think I can prepare for a hurricane by myself? Absolutely not. And then I'm like driving, you know, trying to get stuff and whatever. And I'm seeing people put boards on their windows. And I'm like, again, I am from Colorado. If a major weather event happens, it's a snowstorm. And you stay inside. That's all you do. You just stay inside. That's it. 
you don't get up and leave your house, you know, and leave everything that's valuable to you. So seeing that was like really crazy. The preparation kind of freaked me out a little bit. Jace's family is amazing. And so they helped me a ton. Um, Jace's grandmother, she came over and helped me watch, help watch the girls so I could just pack clothes. And again, it's super weird because this year, you know, I would have been used to packing and whatever, but I've literally not been on a plane all year, which is so strange. Baseball normally on a plane every month, but yeah, we, we haven't done any of that. So I was like foreign to packing. I forgot everything. And then thank God, Jace's dad came over and like took down the wood duck box because 150 mile an hour winds would have picked that thing up and slung it into our window. Yeah, prepping for it was was really, I was like high anxious big time, you know, because you have to put things up. You have to move everything like close to windows because obviously if things are blowing around, you know, you don't want them getting picked up and fly all over the place. Monday, we were finally prepped, ready to go. As prepped as I could get, right? Like I'm not out there boarding up my windows. Like I don't, I can't do that. And so... Tuesday morning, we left with one of Jace's cousins. I say one of because it is like, this is like miles long. Her and I and the girls and the dog, we packed up. My parents have moved to Austin, Texas. Okay. This is a crazy like God thing too. So my parents born, raised, lived in Colorado their entire lives. My dad gets a new job. They're empty nesters. Let's move to Austin, whatever. It's fun, right? If it is one reason you moved to Austin, it is so that we could evacuate there because we really had nowhere else to go. Jace's family decided to evacuate last minute. And I say family, like his mom decided to evacuate last minute. And Jace's dad ended up staying and riding out the storm, which is just like mind blowing to me. And so I was like, yeah, I don't know where to go. I literally told Jace, I was like, I might drive 20 hours up to Milwaukee, but that was a life or death death situation, which I hope nobody ever has to go through. Like, you're just going to do whatever. Like, you just go into survival mode and you're just like, okay, this is what we have to do, so I'm going to do it. So, yeah, prepping for the hurricane was whew, rough. The hurricane itself came Wednesday night and, like, early Thursday morning. And it was really, really tough to watch the news because I don't think that they covered it very well. You know, being in Austin, I was more on my phone trying to watch the local news channels, which ended up having to evacuate because it was that dangerous. Like they didn't even stay. Any news channels that did stay, like I think obviously the weather channel, you know, they're like storm chasers. That's their job. So, you know, they were posted up at the casino and still very dangerous. So the news coverage was like, not there. So that is kind of giving you even more anxiety because you're like, I just want to know what's happening. And so woke up the next day and there was, again, a little news coverage. It was kind of meh. They were expecting this huge storm surge. They were expecting the storm surge to be like 20 feet, which is insane, which if that would have happened, our house would have been completely destroyed because we live on a bayou. So we have water right here. It would have been completely flooded. So I think because there wasn't the storm surge, they were like, oh, eh, okay, it's, it, they're, they're good. You know, it's fine. And I say that with a grain of salt. Like there definitely has been, there's been relief efforts. There have been people from out of state come in, fix things, drive from North Carolina, all the places. I even had someone reach out to me who was from Colorado, a restoration company who was down here, like boots on the ground, 
So yes, there were people down here, but like the national news, there was like nothing of it. You know, like I've had friends in New York, California, all over been like, wait, I haven't even heard anything like of how everything's going. I'm like, well, (laughs) it's bad, (laughs) but it's not their fault. You know, it's just because national news was like, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. So we're just not going to cover it, even though it was, it really was. I mean, there's never been a storm that bad in like 150 years or something like that. 150 mile an hour winds like sustained like it stayed like that like that's crazy stuff and then even literally just if we were to drive 15 minutes down the road to Cameron that is destroyed like that had the storm surge that had everything with that I guess two things I do want to say is even though national news didn't cover it the Louisiana spirit. And I think that's why I've like stayed here for so long. You know, like I'm from Colorado. Everyone's like, why do you live in Louisiana? I'm like, well, you know, the swamp, it's kind of dirty, whatever. It's, it's pretty though too, but the people rally together. Like they just take care of each other. You know, like your best friend will come and patch your roof for you. And also I had not just him, but three other people, like my neighbors, come check if we have power back because honestly there's still a ton of people without power we were some of the first to get power which is such a blessing and then water like we literally just had a boil advisory lifted on monday so like we haven't been able to drink the water anything like that but yes the people are just so strong and like we'll rally together i think that has sparked hope in other people around the nation like like they really still do need help so that's kind of where Jason and I, and then the LeBlanc family, he plays for the Orioles. He played for the Mariners last few years. He's from here too. So we kind of teamed up with them to do a GoFundMe operation rebuild Lake Charles because there's still a lot of relief going on, um, you know, cleanup and all of that kind of stuff. But if y'all were like really to see it, and, and that's what's also tough is like seeing it in person is completely different than seeing pictures. If you see the pictures, literally the road over, there's like people's full houses just on the side of the road waiting to get picked up trash. Seeing it in person like really is like, wow, that was someone's house. So the relief efforts are continuing, but I think really what we want to do with our GoFundMe is the rebuild. Like we want to focus on the rebuild because again, there was a good quick response to people coming and helping clean up or helping anybody who stayed or whatever, you know, making sure people have food and water, whatever. So there was a quick response for relief, but like, then it kind of dies out. Like I can see how it took New Orleans, like after Hurricane Katrina to still be rebuilding things, you know, because then people forget and they're just like, they're fine now, you know, there's no more water, everything's picked up, you know, but like just the trash, like we're going to have trees and like trash on the side of the road for months honestly I will be surprised if my shingles get picked up by like December it's probably not gonna happen so the rebuild that's where we really want to like take this and help rebuild those baseball fields schools whatever really needs it the most um that's what we want to focus on that's so awesome that you guys are doing that that's really cool I know I kind of know the feeling when California had the fires. I was living at home and and I would see it on the news and I was like, 
you just don't understand until you actually see a house that was supposed to be there completely gone. And then you see a couple steps leading up to nothing. It's so creepy. So I totally understand that that feeling, but not in the hurricane sense. But that's awesome that you guys are doing that, though, because you're getting it out there that people need to still help. Even though this is gone and done, we still need the help to rebuild. Right, exactly. And that's that's really our main focus is we just want to rebuild because it is such a special place, you know, and I can definitely attest to that, like being a Colorado girl, then ending up in Lake Charles, Louisiana, like it's a smaller town. But again, like the people are just so deserving. Actually, so my friend came over and she she has two other people living in her house with her right now. And her house is falling apart. Like she said, she's like, my bedroom floors are ripped up. Like we have stuff all over, but Hey, we still got a house. So come over. We'll feed you. We'll hang out with you. You know, we'll make you feel loved. And so that's really like the spirit of this town. And that's why, you know, I think it is so special and why it is so deserving that it needs to be rebuilt. I just want to point out that your mentality on everything is just so wonderful. Like I have No idea how I would even handle something like that. And so I do want to ask with your relationship with you and your husband, when all this is going on, communication is so key. So how in the world do you make that happen? I always go back to how we really had a good four years of like preparing for that because we were long distance from the get-go. When I say from the get-go, like Jace literally was like, hey, I really like you. Do you want to be my girlfriend? And then he like left the next morning. So we just really had to learn. We just have to communicate. We have to communicate. Jason and I are neither the person where we're like constantly texting each other all day because both of our personality types are very type A. We're just constantly going, which I think also kind of helps pass the days along, like are just constantly filled with something. So communicating with him, we just learned back in the day, we used to Skype. (laughs) And you just do what you need to do to keep it going. If it feels right between Jason and I, it felt right. So you're going to do whatever you need to do to keep it going. But in that first moment or those first few moments or whatever, you really have to evaluate, like, does this feel right? Because if it doesn't, then you need to move on with it and not even waste the time trying to make it go right. But when you are making it go right and when you do continue it, I think everybody needs to read love languages, the five love languages, and put on this attitude of grace because I know Jace is going through completely different things that I'm going through. But if we don't show grace towards each other, then we just bicker. We're just like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you? And we're just like, whoa, why are we doing this? Rather, okay, I'm going to put on a gracious mentality and be like, okay, he is not going to do these things because he's at the field however many hours of the day. I'm just going to extend grace to him and be like, it's okay that you didn't do this right now, but like, can you do this when you're done or whatever? I think one thing a lot of people don't talk about is like if they have a bad game, because that can really mess your communication up. So like if Jace has a bad game, I just prepare myself. And I think too, because as a soccer player, if I had a bad game, I do not want to talk to you for like a few hours after. Like, let me come down. Let me think about it. And that's one thing that I really had to kind of learn the hard way 
if they have a few strikeouts or like if they strike out all the time, if they don't get on base, if, if they get an error or whatever, this is my tip. This is my pro tip of the day. Check the box score <laughs> before you talk to your husband. Seriously, check the box score. Check what happened because sometimes I know I'm terrible. I don't watch all the games. I got two kids. Like I can't. I'm running around half the time. I literally rewinded every single one of Jace's at bats yesterday because I was distracted. So check the box score before you talk. If I didn't check the box score and I didn't know that he had a great game or I didn't know that he had a bad game, if he had a bad game and I'm over here like, what's wrong? Why are you talking that way? Why are you having an ad to, you know, like, why are you doing this? Well, duh, Bree, check the box score. Like, he got a couple strikeouts tonight. So just kind of like preparing yourself before and like not laying heavy things on them right away. And again, I'm not saying to suppress those things because you need to completely have open and honest conversation and communication. But I have learned that the timing of it and the way that you say it is going to work so much more in your favor if you can just take a little bit of preparation time before you talk. And he does the same thing. He's like, let's read Bree's voice tone if she sounds a little, uh, like the kids are probably driving her crazy. Like last night, they were driving me insane. And he called and he was like, okay, I'm gonna call you back in a little bit. And I was like, yeah, that's a wise decision. Let me at least put the baby down for bed. And then sure enough, like called back and I was like, okay, now we're good. So yeah, definitely extending grace to one another because you're both doing hard things. And then when you're not together, it's even harder. Those are such great tips. Those are funny. Yeah, I I remember being that person, like you're trying to figure out this communication style and then wham, they're not there like all the time. And so you're ending up picking up where it usually should be divided in half, almost like a roommate mentality of like, you should take out the trash and I'll do the dishes or whatever. And you end up doing those things. And so you need to provide grace to your significant other. So I'm so glad that you touched on that because people that are new to the sports industry um, with their significant others, they almost get hit in the face. And I remember being like that too. How do you not get bitter? I guess you're taking care of the kids, you're taking care of the house, you're moving in a hurricane, like you're doing all of the things. And he's like, he's just off doing his own thing, which is important, of course, but you're just like taking care of everything. Right. Um, Okay, so my mother in law is a saint, and she has taught me so much about relationships. And Some people aren't going to agree with this, but I think it's important to say, because I didn't agree with it at first either, but I'm a Christian. And so I kind of try to really stay rooted in like what God says is my role. And that was really tough for me at first because I came from a soccer background where it was kind of all about me you know, and that was my thing. And I was the star. And then I had to switch over to a supporting role. And again, I still have to work on these things. But what I try to go in each day with is like, what is my role? What do I need to be doing? And then really understanding what his role is too. What is he supposed to be doing? That is what really helped me kind of understand rather than being bitter that he is just at the baseball field playing baseball, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he's providing for our family. He is working. And that's what I think a lot of people don't really understand that baseball is a job for these guys, you know, like, yeah, they're seeing it more from the entertainment side, but like, this is their job. This is their livelihood. 
And so, you know, when all this stuff was going on this summer about them fighting and for whatever money, well, yeah, that's their job. They're fighting for that because if they're going to entertain you, then they're going to get paid. So I think just understanding roles is very important and also not downplaying your role as a woman and as a supporter. And that's kind of just marriage and relationships, like just understanding your role. He's the provider, like he's literally making money so we can fix our roof, you know? (laughs) And me, like I'm supporter, like I'm here. Hey, do you want to talk about that game or not? And he's like, not really. Okay, then let's do something else. Or I used to hate doing laundry, like hated it. But like, it was such a comfort for Jace to have like clean clothes. Oh my gosh, that sounds probably just so like, oh, that's such a woman job. That That's not what I'm saying at all. Like he can very well do his own laundry. But like, I saw like the joy and like the comfort and the ease that just doing laundry did for him. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You know, like I did that. And so really seeing like, even just like your little tasks, although they may seem little and although your role may seem supporting and little and whatever, it's not, it really is not because all of those little things add up and all those little things stack up and your role is big essentially. Yeah. That's a good way to put it though. I feel like, because sometimes people think like, Oh, I'm just like basically your maid, but it's like, no, you have a role. And I think that's the best part is the rewarding part of it. Yeah. Brie, I feel like we could talk to you for hours because you have so much wisdom and we just appreciate you like literally throwing your heart out there and all of your thoughts. So um, we just appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank y'all. I loved talking to y'all and thank you for letting me just like share my heart, share everything. Um, Thank you. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to more than a season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.